Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joining me on, on Ohio Health's podcast this month, we're going to talk about antibiotic awareness because the Antibiotic Awareness Week is coming up on November 18th through the 24th. Dr. Gestaldo, right? That is correct. Good and, morning. And uh, pharmacist Erica Wibberley's with me, too. Good morning. Hello. Hello. Antibiotics. Uh, how important, let's start off, how important are antibiotics? Well, when you look at um, modern-day health care and things that have really impacted um, us as a society and the human race, there are a couple things that really come to mind that um, have had a huge impact on us living, like clean water, vaccines, and antibiotics. If you go back in time and you look at causes of death 100 years ago, 150 years ago, the top causes of death were all related to infections, pneumonia, tuberculosis, um, infections from contaminated water, infections from contaminated food. Fast forward to where we are today because of things like antibiotics, vaccines, and clean water, um, the death rates related to infections uh, are now displaced from going to the top uh, to things like um, malignancies, cancer, cardiovascular disease. So antibiotics are very, very important for us as a society because they, they do, they have saved lives through the years. Uh, they are saving lives today. Um, and oftentimes within medicine and even in the perception of the public, there is some misunderstanding of the appropriate use of antibiotics. Yeah, you hear all those, uh, you know, you hear different views like you shouldn't use them all the time or you shouldn't use them, shouldn't, you shouldn't abuse them, right? That's correct. Yeah. And, you know, antibiotics, when we use them in medicine, when we use them to treat infections, to treat illnesses, all antibiotics do are kill bacteria. They don't relieve pain. They don't take away fevers. All they do are kill bacteria. And within your body, you have bacteria that live within your body. You have bacteria that live on your skin. You have bacteria that lives in your gastrointestinal tract. And they have been there for a long time. They're going to be there for a long time. And when you take the antibiotics, they can have unintended consequences um, when they're used um, in non ways that they're not supposed to be used. Unfortunately, you hear about people that have a toothache or something. Well, I'll just use my antibiotics. They'll, they'll help you out, right? That is, that is correct. <laughs> that is correct. Unfortunately, you shouldn't do that, correct? That is correct. Antibiotics should only be used when there is a, a diagnosed bacterial infection or the prescriber is, has a high suspicion for one going on. So when are antibiotics usually, when are they not needed? When, when should you not use antibiotics? Erica, you want to take us away? Sure. So probably one of the most common things we see antibiotics used for inappropriately would be viral infections. So just because you have a cough or a sore throat or a raspy voice like I do today, um, you should not um, request an antibiotic from your physician. Um, oftentimes, patients expect to receive an antibiotic, um, but they're not happy if they do not receive one. I know um, a lot of times when people have a cold or something, they'll think just give them an antibiotic and it'll go away, but that's not true, right? It is not true at all. You're stuck with it for at least two weeks. Um, if you still have that, although symptoms after two weeks, then you should definitely go see your doctor. How about sinus? Oh, I'm sorry. How about sinus infections? 
Same thing. I mean, yeah. uh, <clears throat> excuse me, as Erica was alluding to, the most common cause of upper respiratory tract infections, and again, that includes sinus infections, sinusitis, ear infections, uh, upper respiratory tract infections. The most common cause of those are viruses, and there is a whole family of respiratory viruses that are out there, and they have symptoms like sore throat, runny nose, uh, and those things just have to go their course. With the exception of influenza, uh, we really don't have medicines, unlike bacteria, to treat viral infections. So, if you're, you know, if you abuse antibiotics, what what can happen? Uh, a, a lot of things. Let me um, emphasize first mm-hmm. of all what what's going on in the big public health. Mm-hmm. Um, concern for the indiscriminate use of antibiotics and what we have in our society, and that's the evolution of what we call superbugs. And superbugs are bacteria that are very antibiotic resistant, and when people get infections with superbugs, we are very limited in our antibiotic arsenal to um, uh, treat those patients. CDC gives statistics out every year on these types of things, and the CDC estimates every year that there's at least 2 million people who get an antibiotic-resistant infection and at least 23,000 people a year who die from antibiotic-resistant infections. If you think about those numbers, 23,000 people annually dying from bacterial infections with resistant bacteria. That that's a number, as an infectious disease doctor, kind of blows my mind away, and it's really, it's not socialized enough in the media when, when we compare it to other things when we talk about people dying. So the unintended consequences are, are many, and one of them has to do with us as a society using antibiotics for uh, inappropriate reasons, viral infections, or the antibiotics are given too long or um, for indications that are not supposed to be given, we breed antibiotic resistance with the bacteria that are part of our body, and then that's the setup on how we get antibiotic resistance. When people get a serious bacterial infection with an antibiotic-resistant bacteria, uh, they are more likely to become ill. Uh, they're more likely to potentially even die if they get an antibiotic-resistant bacteria with uh, us having fewer antibiotics to treat them with. Can there be side effects from taking antibiotics? Yeah, there are there are uh, many side effects, Erica. Yeah, so anytime you take a medication, there's the risk of side effects. Um, side effects can range from just nausea, or it can go all the way up to death, depending on how severe the side effect is. So if you don't really need to take that antibiotic, if it's not going to provide any benefit to you, then those side effects and that risk is much greater than... You know, when we talk about antibiotics in general, there are many different categories of antibiotics. Some antibiotics can be, for example, uh, harsher on the kidneys. Some antibiotics are more prone to cause kidney injury. Some antibiotics can cause injury to the, the liver. Uh, some people can have uh, truly hypersensitivity or allergic reaction to antibiotics. Another unintended consequence of antibiotics that, that um, hopefully we'll get a chance to talk about now is another infection related to antibiotics, and it has to do with infection caused by the bacteria Clostridioides difficile, commonly known as a C. diff or C. diff infection. Uh, That is an unintended consequence of antibiotics that um, uh, patients do suffer from. Uh, Patients who have C. diff infection, it is a very um, um, awful thing for patients to have. It's basically an infection that is in within the colon. People have very bad diarrhea from it. Uh, it's it's a very dehumanizing infection for someone to get. What's the difference between uh, uh, allergic reactions and side effects? Erica? 
So an allergic reaction is when your body um, recognizes some kind of substance and kind of goes into overdrive. So it produces um, proteins and things that result in like your throat swelling and being unable to breathe, um, really low blood pressure. So that's considered anaphylaxis. So that is something that we do not want, and that will happen every time you receive that medication. Um, side effects are known, expected things that will happen. So, for example, diarrhea is a known consequence mm -hmm. of antibiotic use. So just because you receive diarrhea with an antibiotic does not mean you should never have that antibiotic again. The classic thing we see, too, um, related to antibiotic use are gastrointestinal side effects. Uh, many antibiotics can be, be harsh on your GI tract. They could be associated with nausea, even, even throwing up or emesis and diarrhea like Erica alluded to. Those are not allergies or what we call hypersensitivity reactions per se. And uh, oftentimes those will get mislabeled as antibiotics. And, and that can potentially be harmful to patients because there are some bacterial infections that have the highest cure rate with specific types of antibiotics. So, for example... Um, I will use the infection meningitis, which is an infection of, of the brain. It's a very serious infection. People die from it. And if, if you get meningitis, I want to give you the best antibiotic that I can. Um, let's say when you were a young boy, you received penicillin and you had a nausea from that. And that label of allergy inadvertently uh, gets a label to you. So you grow up as an adult and here you get, so that's, so a gastrointestinal side effect is not a true allergy per se, mm -hmm. but if that, you have that label on you and you have a very, very, very severe infection, I want to give you as an infectious disease doctor the best antibiotic that I can that's going to allow you to live through that infection. So if there's this label with you with a penicillin allergy on it, then we're going to have to, some providers will say, hey, oh my gosh, there's this allergy. What does that mean? And we have to consider now giving you a suboptimal or not the best antibiotic when you have a life-threatening infection. And that's, that's, a, that's a common thing that does occur. And usually when it happens, we have to address it really quickly. It's under emergent situations like in the emergency department when we really don't have the time really to clarify that. So we have to make a, a best educated guess as we can. Talking with Dr. Joseph Castaldo and Eric Erica Wiberly, and we're going to talk. We're talking about antibiotics and antibiotic awareness week, which is coming up next week. And what can listeners do to uh, to, to you know combat the infectious diseases? Uh, that's a great question. That's a question that I get often, and I, I have a whole. I could do a whole uh, two-hour podcast <laughs> on this. So a couple a couple things that I, that I'll um, do. I, I think it's very important. First of all, I'll put a plug out there for vaccines. Vaccines save lives. Vaccines prevent infections. Vaccines are up there like clean water, things that save lives. You know, my mom um, is in her late 70s, and she was alive before the polio vaccine was out. And she loves to tell, tell stories about polio. Every springtime, every summer, they would always look around the community and try to oh my gosh, someone's going to get polio. Uh, people, people who have polio um, had terrible neurological complications from it. Uh, I, I've seen some people today who are polio survivors who have neurological deficits. So she lives 
she lived in a time before we have a polio vaccine. So here we are today in 2019 where polio has been eradicated and there's some complacency with the polio vaccine. That same analogy uh, applies to a lot of vaccines that are out there. But generally speaking to the people that listen to this podcast, stay current on your vaccines. Vaccines save lives and vaccines are a great thing that all of the listeners can do to stay healthy and avoid the need for uh, medications and antibiotics. We have vaccines against viral infections. We have vaccines against bacterial infections. And staying current on your vaccines is very, very important. The influenza vaccine, Mm -hmm. every year um, there is a new flu vaccine that comes out. Um, the, The flu kills people every year. Two years ago, the flu death rate in the United States was was pretty bad two years ago. Last year's um, flu season what is, was not as bad, but last year the CDC estimates that there were close to 80,000 deaths related to influenza from last year, and approximately 48 million people uh, in the United States uh, had influenza last year. Why it's so important to get the flu vaccine is because the flu as a respiratory virus can cause inflammation in your airway, and that is enough to be a cause of a secondary bacterial pneumonia or bacterial infection. So if you get the flu shot, you're preventing yourself to have the need uh, for uh, antibiotics in that situation. So again, tip number one for the listeners to your question was, stay current on your vaccines, get an annual flu shot every year. What are some of the myths you've heard about uh, flu vac- vac- vaccines? You've probably heard a lot of them, have you? I hear, I hear a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, the first one is, and I'll say this as a man of science and as an infectious disease doctor, you cannot, and again, you cannot get the flu from the influenza vaccine. It's scientifically, physiologically impossible to get influenza from the flu vaccine. The flu vaccine's biggest side effect is pain at the injection site, which most people uh, do fine with. Um, there are different types of flu vaccines that are out there. So in the day, we used to say, if you have an egg allergy, you shouldn't get the flu shot. That's not true anymore. We are creating uh, different types of flu vaccines out there uh, f- for most people to get. The flu shot is recommended for anybody six months and older. And it's very important that we really have a call out to pregnant women. When a pregnant woman gets the flu shot, we call it a twofer because the pregnant woman is getting the influenza vaccine and she's also vaccinating her baby. Uh, the, the child cannot get the vaccine for the first six months in their life. So if there's anybody listening now who is pregnant, get the flu shot because you're immunizing yourself and your baby. Getting the flu vaccine is very important for uh, people with underlying lung disease, uh, COPD, asthma. It's very important for people with weakened immune systems, uh, cancer patients, people with weakened immune systems, um, people with underlying lung disease, diabetics, um, um, people who are pregnant. If they get the flu, those are all types of people who have a higher severity of illness and could potentially be hospitalized, get a pneumonia, or worst case scenario, they're part of that population who, who die from influenza and influenza-related complications. How about these parents that say they don't want to immunize their children? Um, well, I, I would respectfully engage them. I think mm-hmm. in the public conversation and public discourse, we need to do a better job of listening to each other and hearing their concerns and educating them and engaging them in a respectful way. 
where they can come around and understand a lot of with with Dr. Google out there and with people having podcasts and people looking stuff online there it's the wild west for information and that includes drug information and health information so so i always challenge people to um, be scientific in their thinking process look at the data look at what's out there and and get information from a source that you trust and a source that you feel comfortable with you still hear these stories about people that uh don't want to immunize their children against chicken pox, and they find another child that has chicken pox, and they let the they let their children go play with them, so they'll get chicken pox. That could be dangerous, can't it? Yeah, chicken pox. Chicken pox can't. Chicken pox as a as a the name of the virus that causes chicken pox is varicella zoster virus. Mm-hmm. That's also the same virus that reactivates when you get shingles. But but chicken pox is a virus that has the potential to cause encephalitis, or which is a brain infection. Uh, uh, kids do get that. Uh, that's a very serious thing. Uh, chicken pox uh, as, a, as a skin lesion can be a cause of a secondary bacterial infection, uh, which can be bad. But, but the chicken pox vaccine is out there. It is a recommended vaccine for our, our, our pediatric patients. And uh, the shingles vaccine is also a recommended vaccine for adults to have. Like what age should you get the shingle vaccine? Shingles, so there's a new shingles vaccine that's mm-hmm. out there with an immune adjuvant that is recommended for people to get at the age of 50 and above. Okay. All right. Uh, Dr. Gasado, anything else you want to add? Anything else uh, before we go? No, we, we, we um, your initial question we kind of mm-hmm. uh, went tangential a little bit. What, what, what viewers could do to avoid antibiotics? Is that mm-hmm. vaccines? Number one, uh, so number two, washing your hands. Number three, um, as a society, we need to start educating the public about using vaccines and requesting them when appropriate. I think, uh, you know, our, our, our patients, patients or consumers or customers, I kind of think they're all of the above, and I applaud patients for being proactive in their health care. What I would love to do is have patients ask if they are being prescribed an antibiotic to ask their health care provider, what bacterial infection am I getting the antibiotic for? How long do I take the antibiotics? And what do I need to look out for at the end of the antibiotic course to ensure that I'm cured from this bacterial infection? All right, Dr. Gustavo, you're out of Columbus, correct? That's correct. Um, uh, I am an infectious disease doctor with Ohio Health. Um, and Ohio Health, as you know, is a broad network of hospitals. And here locally, Ohio Health is Marion General Hospital. And I do see patients at Marion General Hospital also. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.